Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Because don't we all have fear? How many of you right now would say, I am sitting on a fear? Yes, I see hands popping up all over the place. Me too. Me too. I am sitting on a fear. In fact, if I asked you right now to have coffee with me, and we sat together in a little cafe, and I asked you, is there anything you're fearful of right now? You could probably give me a little list, couldn't you? Could be a little list. Could be a big list. Could be a list of big-sized fears, medium-sized fears, small fears. Don't we have them all, right? In fact, if you don't have a fear, I just want you to raise your hand because you're not normal. (laughs) I don't see any hands going up. We are in the right group. We are in the right group. And so big or small, we're going to tackle this topic of how to bust through fears. I'm going to share with you some fear busters that will make you invincible. Does that sound like it would be helpful this morning? Yes? All right, all right. Because all of us have fears, but not everyone allows fear to get in their way. We all have fear, but not everyone allows fear to get in our way. And not everyone allows fear to hold them back. So we're going to discuss that because, listen, fear is a destroyer. Fear can destroy your work life. Fear can destroy your emotions. Fear can destroy your marriage. Fear can destroy your family. Fear can destroy your friendships. Fear can destroy everything that you enjoy. Fear is a destroyer. Would you agree? Not today. Say it with me, not today. Not today, all right, because we're going to bust through some fears. So let me show you a couple of things. Um, let me, in fact, I'm going to give you three fear busters, okay? So I encourage you to grab your phone, take notes. Now don't grab your phone and flip through social media. Promise me you're not going to do that, okay? But if you want to take your phone and take some notes or grab a pencil or grab one of the cards in your seat and the pen that's attached to it, that's a great place to take notes. Three fear busters, all right? But... You may have heard this study. In fact, I think Ann Landers is the first one that, that brought this uh, to our attention. She said that there are two biggest fears that people have. Two. In ranking order, I'll share them with you. The first is the fear of public speaking. The second fear in ranking order is the fear of death. That means that most people would rather die than speak in public true. And yet, what am I doing here? Right? Right? So my biggest fear growing up was just that. It was speaking in public. In fact, my biggest fear was actually speaking to people. 
I didn't even want to talk to people. I mean, I was that shy that when I was in a room full of people, I would duck and hide. I can remember one time my mom had friends over to our house, and these were church people that I knew, church people that had been in my life for a long time, friends of hers, and they were all sitting in the living room, and I was in our kitchen, and she called out to me and said, Linda, come and say hi to everybody in the living room. And so being that I was so shy, I did not want to go out there and face my mom's friends and just say hello. That's how shy I was. But I did, because she kept coaxing me, Linda, come on out here, say hello. And I'm like, Mom, I don't want to, but I did. I darted out there, and the dining room was right in between the kitchen and the living room. And I darted out into the dining room. And get this, I was so afraid of those, those ladies, I dove under the dining room table, and I hid between the chairs like they weren't going to see me there, right? And I said, hi, and then I darted back to the kitchen. Mom, do you remember that? My mom is here. She is on the second row this today. And uh, yes, give her a hand. Super glad she's here. But I didn't even want to talk to people that I knew. So going back to this thing about being shy and not being able to, to speak in public, you know those times in high school when they have you give an oral report or a speech? How many of you rock those? I only see a couple of hands. Good. I am in good company. But I, am, I was the kind of person who, uh, when I would stand before a group of people to speak, my knees would knock, right? My lips would quiver. I would have diarrhea for days. Probably too much information, right? But, but I'm telling you, that fear paralyzed me. And that's what fear does. Fear is a destroyer. And it could have affected everything I do today. Because guess what I do today? I do a lot of public speaking. So had that continued to grip me, that fear of speaking in public, I wouldn't have been able to do the thing that God had called me to do. I speak in front of thousands of people today because I learned some of these fear busters that I'm going to share with you. So I know they work. Are you ready for them? Yes? All right. Let's unpack it. Let's unpack it. So here's the first one. But let me premise it with this, okay? Because you might be thinking of scriptures right now about fear. And you might say, well, God has not given us a spirit of fear. How many of you have heard of that scripture? Right? Okay. The Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear. Well, listen, that doesn't mean that you will never be afraid. Okay? I just want to clear that up. It just means that we don't want to let fear consume us. When you walk in a spirit of something, that just means it's all over you. Right? We do not want to let that stop us from doing the things that we are destined or, or needing to do. So yes, the Bible says, do not have a spirit of fear, but you will be afraid at times. You will, but you're going to have to learn how to do it anyway, right? Feel the fear and do it anyway. You've heard that before. Even people in the Bible dealt with fear. Matthew 14, 
is a passage that sticks out. It shows us that the disciples had fears too. You probably have heard this story because in this chapter, the disciples are rowing across the Sea of Galilee. And in the middle of the night, Jesus walks out to them on the water. Now, if you are sitting there in a boat and you see a figure coming to you walking on the water, would that scare you silly? Of course it would, right? And so it makes sense that they were fearful, right? And at first they thought it was a ghost. In fact, the scripture says that these manly fishermen screamed like babies. And I honestly, honestly, I think this passage reveals the prankster in Jesus. I mean, think about this with me. Have you ever, like, hit around a corner and, and scared the living daylights out of somebody? Yes, right, right? Except Jesus had this very unfair advantage in, in the sense that he could walk on water. And so once the disciples stopped screaming, Jesus said what? He said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you by walking on water. And so what did Jesus say? He said, come. He said, come. So Peter takes one small step out of the boat. And one giant leap toward Jesus, and he walks on water. Incredible, incredible, even unbelievable, yes? But it happened until Peter again is consumed by fear. And then what, is, what starts to happen? You know the story? He begins to what? Sink. He begins to sink. Matthew 14, 30 says, when Peter saw the wind... He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. You know what I love about this? Peter did it, even though he was afraid. He did it anyway. He tried it, even though he was afraid. And people will say, well, you just need faith. Has anybody ever, ever come to you with that one? You tell them you're scared of something, and they say, well, you know, you just need more faith. You ever heard that? It's like a slap upside the head, isn't it? You just need more. Let me tell you something. You're never going to be 100% sure of something. All right, maybe never is a strong word. Most likely, you'll never be more than 80% sure. There are going to be times you step out of the boat and you wonder, hmm, did Jesus really tell me to step out of the boat here? Did Jesus really tell me to change careers? Did Jesus really tell me to start that business? Did Jesus really tell me to, tell me to invest that large sum of money? Maybe. Maybe not. Fear. Fear. So what do you do? Let me give you three things. The first is this. Actually, let, let, me, let me give you some examples. Let, let's, let's. When we think about the first fear buster, the idea here is that we're going we're gonna to focus on what is real, okay? We have it on the slide up, front, up there, right? Focus on what is real, not imagined. Focus on what is real, not imagined. And I say real because what we need to do is get perspective, don't we? Because sometimes our thoughts will run away with us. And we've got to separate the facts 
from fantasy. So most of us suffer from MSU. Do you know what that means? Making stuff up. You ever done that? You suffer from MSU? Making stuff up, right? Our, our, our heads go there. So let me give you some examples. If you're afraid to make a phone call, like maybe you're in sales and you need to make a phone call, you're calling leads all day long, right? Or maybe you are leading a company and you need to call one of your employees and get some things straight. Maybe you need to make a phone call and have a really tough conversation, but you're a little fearful. Been there, done that? Do I have the right crowd? Some of you are shaking your heads, right? So let's, let's, let's get real. Let's focus on what's real. If you're going to make the phone call, you pick up the phone, you dial, and they answer, and you talk, are they going to reach through that phone and strangle you? Talk to me. No. So let's get real. You're going to be okay, yeah? Yeah? You're going to be okay. If you are in a small group, and you offer up an idea or a suggestion, are those people going to stone you? No. But sometimes we're afraid to do things like that. If you're on stage and you're about to give a presentation, or you're standing in a boardroom and you're about to give a report of some sort, and, and, and you're afraid that the people are not going to like what you say, can they, can they stone you? Well, they could. Most likely no, right? What else? If you ask for a raise or a promotion, even if you're turned down, are you going to get fired? No. So you're telling me that in all of those situations, all of those scenarios, if you do the thing that you're afraid of, you're in no mortal danger, right? No mortal danger, right? Are you with me? So then why do we not move forward? It's because we're going to be uncomfortable. So a great question to ask when you're trying to step out of the boat and do something you fear, a great question to ask is this. It's very simple. If I do this, am I going to die? Think about it. In fact, right now, get in your mind what is one thing you have to do this week that you might be a little bit fearful of. Just think about it. Just think about it. When you've got it in your head, just, just raise your hand. If there's a conversation you need to have, if there's something you need to do, yeah, I see some head shaking. And now ask yourself, if you do this, will you die? And if the answer is no, then you're grossly overrating your fear. Are you with me? Are you with me? Come on, we have to get it in perspective. But why do we fear then? It's because we're uncomfortable. And we don't know what the consequences will be. Isn't that the bottom line? That's the bottom line. So I'm going to share with you how you can deal with that. The first thing is that you've got to get real and get a grip on your perspective. Focus on what's real, not on what is imagined. Because the unknowns, you can imagine and you can imagine and you can blow them out of proportion. And then what are the stats? Only 99% of the things we worry about actually happen. So why would we want to go there? Let's focus on what's real. Say that with me. Focus on what's real. Right? Focus on what's real. Okay? So here's the next, the next one. Focus on the gain, not the pain. 
Focus on the gain, not the pain. Do you really want to know what fear is? Fear is a focus problem. Fear is a focus problem. You become fearful when you're focused on what could go wrong, okay? And there's a fix for that. You have to focus on what you're going to gain rather than the potential pain, okay? The Bible says, be it unto you as you believe. Be it unto you as you believe. That means that as you believe, it will be done to you. That's pretty powerful stuff. Think about that. So if you're continuing to think about your fears coming to play, what is going to happen? The Bible says that, that the very things Job thought about came to pass, doesn't it? Our thoughts are very significant and very important. So, so we want to focus on our potential gain rather than the pain. Now, some of you have met my husband, Ted. He's in the back. He works with the ushers. And I've mentioned this to you before. I think the last time I spoke, Ted was born without ears. Now, you'd look at him today, and you, you, you would see ears on the side of his head, but he was born with just these little flaps, okay? He had no hear, ears. He had no eardrums. They had to actually surgically create eardrums for him. And so... Growing up, he had more than his share fair of struggles. Things like lip reading lessons were the norm, speech therapy sessions. He missed out on a lot of chit chats, as you can imagine. So he's been through more storms than an umbrella. You hear me? It's not been an easy road because he was born without ears. That was the storm that he had to navigate, okay? So now flash back to when our first child, Tyler, was born. Can you guess the first thing we did in the delivery room? We went over and we checked to see if he had ears. We wanted to know if it was going to be hereditary, right? Will our child be born with ears? And isn't that the thing when you're having a baby? You're, you're, you're wondering, will this baby be normal, right? If we could say normal. That's probably not even the best way to talk about it, right? But we're wondering, will this baby have everything it needs in life to navigate smoothly, right? And so he's born, he's got ears, and then we did the hearing test. You know when you get down next to the baby and you go, right? And he was startled. So good, he could also hear. Not only did he have flaps on uh, little, little ears, but he could also hear. That meant he had eardrums. So that meant it wasn't something that was passed on from dad to son. Great. Now fast forward through time. Our son Tyler and his wife Andy are about to have a baby right now. Right now. In fact, I am going to be the coolest grandmother in the world, yes. In two months, in December, they will have their first child, making Ted and I first-time grandparents. And so, as you can imagine, there's a little fear. Will that child inherit granddad's ear problem? It's a concern. Have you ever had concerns like that? As your child was coming? Yes, 
I see a lot of head shaking. A lot of head shaking. So instead of focusing on the fact that that could be reality, we have to focus on the gain. What are we going to gain when this grandchild is born? What will Tyler and Andy gain? We are going to gain a new member of our squad, right? We're going to gain this little boy who is going to be so precious to hold. We're going to gain a little guy that we can take camping and jeeping, <laughs> little things that we can do, right? Little, little ways to spoil him. That is what we focus on. And as we do that and we push aside the thoughts that focus on the potential pain, what happens? The fear begins to melt. Fear is a focus problem. And if, if, if there's a twist, and if our little grandson is born without ears, like his grandfather, then guess what? Tyler and Andy will have to dance in the rain a little bit. They'll have to dance in a storm. But guess what? Even when you dance in the storm, Jesus is there. Jesus is there. Just as Peter got out of that boat and he was surrounded by the waves and the storm. It was rocky. It was difficult. But Jesus was right there. So I want you to get this in your spirit. With Jesus, I can do anything afraid. With Jesus... I can do anything afraid. I don't know what you're navigating right now. I don't know the fears that wake you up in the middle of the night. They may be small fears. They may be medium-sized fears. They may be big fears. But I'm telling you, with Jesus, you can do anything afraid. In fact, would you just say that with me? With Jesus, I can do anything afraid. Yes. Do you believe that? So we've got to focus on our pain, not our potential. Or excuse me, focus on our gain, not our potential pain. All right? So what's the next fear buster? We need to practice the thing we fear. Practice the thing we fear. I'm going to get really honest with you here. I once had this fear of dropping things in the toilet. So picture this. I had this knack for turning toilets into treasure chests. All right? I mean, from phones to mascara wands to toothbrushes. Anybody else ever lost something like that in the toilet? Beepers back in the day, right? Okay, they fly off your belt and they land in the toilet. Okay? So if it's droppable, it's probably I've probably baptized it at some point in the toilet. Okay, so fun story, a high school in Kissimmee once asked me to be their commencement speaker for their seniors, so senior graduation, and I'm wanting to be the raddest speaker on the planet, right, so what better way to bond than to uh, go and buy french fries for every member of that graduating class, so I, I hop on down to Burger King and I buy a boatload of french fries, a bag of french fries for each person in that graduating class because I want to bond over crispy fries with these guys before I speak, right? So here's where it gets messy. With greasy hands from those french fries, I head to the restroom. 
And did I mention that my key fob was in the back of my belt, casually tucked in there, okay? And I go to wash my hands, done. Then I go to go to the restroom, I unbuckle my belt, and guess what I hear? The key fob drops to the bottom of the toilet below. Gross, right? Bless the soul who flushed before I got there, okay? Because guess who went diving for the keys right there in that relatively clean water? I had to. I had to get my key fob out, right? Or I'm not driving home. So I take the key fob and I give it a spa day. I, dry, I take it in the sink. I lather it up with, with soap. And then I grab the sanitizer and I get sanitizer all over it. And then I test it and it, it worked. Thank God, all right? But here's the deal. It wasn't as bad as what I thought. And when I say we have to practice the thing we fear, haven't you found that when you do something over and over and over again that you're fearful of, it gets easier? Yes? So guess what? Do you think I am fearful of dropping things in the toilet anymore? No. It's really not that bad. Gross, yes, but not that bad. So, so one of the keys to busting through your fears is to do that thing that you fear repeatedly. And it kind of melts that fear away. That's a fear buster. All right? Face it, ace it, and grow the courage bit by bit. That's what we want to do. One of the things I tell my coaching clients is that Things may be difficult, but doable. Difficult, but doable. How many of you have some things in life right now that are difficult? You got it in your mind? You're shaking your heads. So they may be difficult, but they're doable. Right? That goes back to the idea of getting perspective. Has somebody else walked that, walked that out? You know of somebody else that was able to do that thing even though it's difficult? If the answer is yes, that means you can do it too. Difficult, but doable. Difficult, but doable. So, so that last piece, expose yourself to the fear repeatedly. Practice it. Even if it's difficult, it's doable, and it will help melt your fears away. So I've given you three fear busters, but I want to give you a few, few bonus ideas here. Okay? A few bonus ideas. Because you've probably heard this scripture that the only, the only God-ordained fear is the fear of God. It's in the Bible. We are to what? Fear God. Now, what does that mean? To fear God. Does that mean we stand and tremble in his presence? Does that mean that we're fearful that he's not going to forgive us of our sins? Does that mean we're fearful that he's not going to answer our prayers? No. When the Bible talks about fearing God... It's talking about the idea that if you fear God, listen, you don't have to fear anything else. If you fear God, you don't have to fear anything else. Because fearing, God-fearing people know that God has their bests, best interests at heart. So if you fear God, you know he loves you to the extent that he will take care of you. And he will not let anything ruin you. That's the biggest fear buster of all. 
1 John 4.18 says, perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. And people say, well, if God's love is perfect, then why do I still fear? Well, I'll tell you. It's because you don't trust that God's love for you is enough to take care of you. First Corinthians 13 says that love always trusts. So if I love God, I trust God and I won't fear. First, 13, First Corinthians 13 says love always believes. So if I believe God, I won't fear. 1 Corinthians 13 says, love always thinks the best. So if I love God, I will think the best of God. Is this resonating? Does that make sense? All right. So going back to this idea, with Jesus, you can do anything afraid. You can do anything afraid. And you know, the biggest question that you might have right now is this. Well, what if? I get an incurable disease. And it leads to death. Or I'm told that it could lead to death. Do you want to know God's answer to that? Do you? The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. So even in that storm, Jesus has got your back. Even in that storm, Jesus is there. I guess the bottom line is this, guys. Regardless of what we have to navigate, regardless of the storms in life, Jesus is there. Will you fear sometimes? Yeah. But with Jesus, you can do anything afraid. With Jesus, you can do anything afraid. Anything. Anything. You know, there are two poses that will help you conquer fear. Two. Shall I demonstrate them for you? You got the Superman pose, right? And this is really just amazing. When you stand here in a Superman pose, you feel powerful. There's something about putting your hands on the hips and just standing here. And isn't that what Superman did? Yeah? And isn't he powerful? Yeah, right? Here's what happens when you do this. It's not just that you look like a boss. It's that now there are chemicals that are being created in your body that actually release tension, combat stress, give you a sense of calm. It increases testosterone and you actually feel bolder, more powerful, simply from this pose. And so a lot of times my coaching clients will 
tell me that they're afraid to walk into a situation where they have to be tough. I coach executives and, and uh, business owners, and, and sometimes they have to walk into a board meeting and, and present a report or, or have a serious discussion with their, their board members. And you know what I tell them? To help them increase their courage and their boldness, duck into the bathroom right before the board meeting and get into a stall, lock the door, and do your Superman. You know why? Because again, when you do that, God has created the body in such a fashion that it actually releases those chemicals that will make you feel courageous and bold. You want to know what the second pose is? This is my favorite. It's the victory pose. When you stand with your arms raised, there are things that occur in your brain and in your body that diminish fear. There are actual changes that occur in your brain to calm you and to soothe you and to give you courage and boldness. So let me ask you, what is it that you do when we stand here together in God's presence? It's a victory pose. And you know what's incredible about this is this is an innate gesture. It is something that we're not even taught. It is a reaction that just occurs anytime you win, anytime you have a victory, there's this desire to do this. In fact, if you will watch blind runners cross the finish line, people who cannot see, people who have never seen anybody else do this before, a blind runner crosses the line and what do they do? It is a God thing. It is a God thing. And when we stand in the presence of God and we do this, make the connection, folks, what's going on? We are acknowledging who gives us the victory, but in turn, he is doing something in our bodies that release the stress, release the tension, release the fear, and it creates boldness and confidence. There is a reason the Bible says to stand before God with your hands raised and your arms outstretched. It's not just a worship pose. It is more multifaceted than that. God is so stinking smart. There have been times where I have been so fearful. In fact, there was a time back in 2015 where one of the most traumatic things that I have had to deal with occurred. And I didn't know what my future was going to look like. And I came home that day and I was wrecked. I didn't know how I was going to step out of the boat and move forward. But I went out on my back porch and I stood there with my arms raised, just like this. 
for a good 20 minutes. I didn't say anything. I didn't fret. I didn't worry. But I stood there in this pose of victory, just putting my trust in Jesus who will get me through that storm. And you might think, well, how can a person stand there for so long with their hands raised? When I was on staff at a church in Kissimmee, my pastor used to make fun of me because he would see me on the front row. And I would stand there for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, not moving, just like this. And he would make fun of me. He would call this the Dr. Linda pose. My head up towards the sky, focusing on Jesus in this victory pose. I was worshiping, but where was my focus? And you might think, well, how can you stand there for so long with your arms raised and, and, and not get tired? Practice. Because when you're used to this victory pose, your arms get stronger. When you're used to this victory pose, your back gets stronger. When you're used to this victory pose, you're bolder. You're more courageous. And you know that with Jesus, you can do anything afraid of. Anything. So I'm going to invite you to stand with me right now. And I want you to think about the things that you fear. And I invite you to close your eyes. And as you're thinking about the things you fear, I invite you to lift your hands in that victory pose and just take a beat and just feel God's peace as you are now focusing on him Focusing on the fact that he will get you through whatever storm. Focusing on the fact that you are honoring him by believing in advance you will have victory. Focusing on the gain, not the pain. You are focused on victory right now. You are in a victory pose. And I'll tell you what's happening. Physiologically, chemicals are being released in your body right now that give you peace, that fight stress, that make you feel courageous, and that give you boldness. I bet right now you feel like you could conquer some things, don't you? Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have given us the opportunity to come to you when we are fearful. And you are right there 
right there with us. God, thank you that you will help us navigate through any scenario, any storm we are caught in, any rain we have to dance in. God, you are there, whether it be a life-threatening scenario or the end of a relationship or the end of a business venture, whatever the scenario, God, we thank you that your son Jesus is right there as we step out of the boat to navigate that storm. Now with your hands down, if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and you're like, you know, you're talking about this Jesus that I have access to, but yet I don't have that relationship, let me give you that opportunity right now. I want to pray with you so that you can now have a relationship with Christ. Would you raise your hand and let me see who that might be so we can pray together? Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand over here, yes. Yes. Would you just repeat this after me? Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus. And I ask you to cleanse me of my sins and be the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you've said that prayer, welcome to the family of God. It's a beautiful thing because now you have a savior to run through in any storm. Amen? Yes? Do you know that with Jesus you can do anything afraid? Do you? Do you? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to have an opportunity right now to give of our tithes and offerings, and you can do that three ways. You can text your gift, you can go online to RethinkLife.com, or you can drop it in the offering buckets as they come. Our ushers are going to come. The instructions are on the screen above me. But one other thing, if you did say that prayer for the first time, if you asked Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life, would you take that card that is in your seat, pull it out, and take the pen, and just check off that box right there that's in blue and drop it in the offering basket so that we can connect with you and help you now on your new walk with God, okay? Are you ready to do some things that make you afraid? Are you ready? Yes? One more thing. Our prayer team is going to come down right now as the ushers are coming and they're going to stand at the front. And if you have something today that you are dealing with what you need somebody to stand in the gap for you. You need prayer. Maybe it's something you're fearful of. Maybe it's something you're facing. Maybe you need provision for something. They're going to be here at the front, and you can come, and they will pray for you in confidence, and they will walk with you through that time. All right? Know today that with Jesus, you can do anything afraid. So Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the, the gifts that are going to be given to partner with Rethink Life to do things in this community. And we give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.